expressions. Turks and Caicos. Welcome to the program, Expressions. I'm your host, Robert Hall. With me in the studio is my co-host tonight and every other Monday night, the Honorable Derek Taylor. I'm going to make sure call all the Honorables because a former Honorable called me just uh, a couple of days ago and told me that uh, there are some younger ones who have been querying, why is it that I do not uh, give people their honors, um, and uh, why I do not call for former members and others honorable. <clears throat> of course, it's no sign of disrespect, and I'm sure Honorable Taylor knows that, but perhaps it's more a matter of familiarity that sometime I will say D or Derek, or sometime I'll say Washi. But anyway, for the benefit of our youngsters, I'll try as far as possible to say honorable, um, not only to Honorable Taylor, but to all others, and it's become a custom. I'm not 100% sure if it was passed by the, yes, it was by the CPA the that all former members be called honorable. honorable. Okay, so I will try to stick to that. I'm a man who believes in protocol, and like I said to that person, certainly on formal occasions, I would uh, address uh, individuals properly, but from now on, I would still try my best <laughs> to do so uh, on the show. With that, I want to welcome all of my listeners and viewers, wherever you are throughout the Turks and Caicos Islands and abroad. Welcome to Expressions. To begin the show, I'm going to call on the Honorable Derek Taylor uh, to open with prayers. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we invoke your presence here. We pray that as we gather to communicate, to, to speak to our Turks and Caicos Islands, or expressions that we would understand that it is through speaking, it is through communicating that we are able to engage, we are able to do what is right and what is just, and we are able to understand what is happening around us globally. You have blessed us in so many ways. You brought us from 2023 into 2024 with all the challenges that we face. However, we are blessed when we consider what happening, what is happening regionally and internationally, when we think in terms of, of freedom, when we think in terms of what, what is happening in Europe and in Asia, uh, what happened between Israel and the Gaza Strip, uh, Russia and, and Ukraine, and we think in terms of now, right next door to us, our brothers and sisters in Haiti, we must count ourselves blessed. And Father, you have been with us, and you continue to keep us. We continue to ask that you be with us, that you take us through 2024, understanding that you are in control. Our times are all in your hand. So as we continue to look to you, we pray that you will bless, guide, and protect us. We pray that our children and our children's children would understand that you have been with us every step along the way. And as we go into this program tonight, 
We pray that uh, you would be here, that you will guide us, that you will protect us. And whatever is said, whatever is done, that you will receive all the honor, all the praise, and all the glory as we receive your blessing. This we pray in your most precious name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Good. Now, I want to thank all of you who commented on my last two shows. And uh, some of you found it very entertaining. Some say very informative and very on spot. I am indeed thankful. I thought I would have gotten some blowback from some of it, <laughs> but not really. Anyway, um, it would be interesting after this caucus that the Premier is having with his uh, ministerial colleagues this week uh, to see what comes out of that. Uh, remember now, what I said was just imaginary. And uh, hopefully thereafter, those ministers and even others who are scheduled to be on the show uh, would be able uh, to come on expressions. I am waiting clarification as to when the studio in Provo will be up because there are several persons who would want to be interviewed down on that side. And I would be delighted to do so, but that's right now beyond my control. And now I want to express sympathies to my good friend Judith Williams and indeed the Grant families on the death of their son. We all have an expiry date. We don't know when, neither do we know how we will go. It will always bring us grief when we lose a loved one, and particularly when a parent has to, to, to bury their child. I did say my friend Judith Williams, and of uh, course the Williams family, and the Grants family. Now Grant, William Williams. William Williams. Right, right. Okay. His father was... Uh, <laughs> oh, all right, sorry about that. Maybe I'm getting a little mixed up there. <laughs> but anyway... Um, Robert Williams, his father. Okay, all right. Uh, thanks much, thanks much. No harm intended. Apologies, just my own ignorance. <laughs> all right. And uh, I could only pray for all those who are mourning their loss. And like I was saying, no parent would want to have to bury their child. You would expect it the other way around. But God, in his infinite wisdom, he knows what's best. So again, on behalf of Expressions, my own family, please do accept my sincere sympathies. On a previous show, I spoke about the death of Josh and conveyed my sympathy because he was a little friend of mine. And I also spoke about the injury to the other friend of his. It is my prayer that these wanton acts of violence will come to an end and we can live together as one. I will pause at this moment because this is Honorable Taylor's first appearance for the new year. So I'm going to give him the latitude to say whatever he wants to say. 
And then after that, I will open the phone lines for a while because there may be some comments or some questions that you may want to ask him. I am with you all the time, so you're beating up on me all the time and asking me questions and comments. So I'm going to give you the opportunity when he is through uh, to do just that. Now, just remember, I don't keep waiting long. So if you're going to call or text, then you do so promptly afterwards. Or for that matter, with the text, you could start sending him in from now if you have a text for him. Honorable Taylor, your turn. Thank you, Honorable Hall. It is indeed a pleasure to be here and to pass over the call from 2023 to 2024. And um, as I stated in the prayer, we have a lot to thank God for uh, when we think in terms of what is happening globally. And uh, with all the challenges that we have here in Turks and Caicos, uh, we are blessed. And uh, I would like to join with you in passing on sympathy to the various families. Uh, Judith and I happen to be a family. Judith, our grandfather, and my grandmother, brother and sister. And uh, uh, Judith and Gerald and sis and, and uh, we as a family, whenever there's any issues, uh, we try to deal with it as best as possible and, uh, and communicate. And uh, I stated that communications seem to be quite a challenge here in Turks and Caicos. And more than ever, the issue of knowing your family. Uh, um, I'm understanding that the majority of, of young people within the last few years that have uh, basically been involved in some uh, acts of violence happen to be from one family. And, uh, and if uh, we would communicate to our children, if we would but engage our children and have them to understand their heritage, I think uh, we will have a better tax in Caicos Islands. And uh, we, we, will, we will be able to, to get them to understand their roots. And not, not only Alex Haley had roots, but we here in Turks and Caicos Islands have our roots that go far and wide. And uh, we, we, we need to understand it. And uh, Honorable Hall, uh, one of my projects for this year is basically to talk about heritage, to talk about engaging uh, folks in heritage, because October rolls along every year, which is Heritage Month. And uh, except for the honors and awards uh, and, uh, and dealing in terms of culture, we do not have a situation where you have a real heritage in terms of family like a family reunion. Uh, it should be family reunion month also when we have heritage month. And so therefore, I uh, decided that I'm going to challenge uh, the Turks and Caicos families, that the family that can come up, that can go as far back in terms of their heritage, uh, I would commit every, every month up to the month of October $100 a month. And I will challenge the business community and other individuals to basically uh, get involved and match, match me, which means that from, from January to October, there will be $1,000. And hence, 
uh, a weekend name or family uh, of, of the year, each heritage uh, month, each October, uh, it would go a long way in terms of knowing our roots. But I'm thinking in terms of that, I also thought about the issue of education. And if we can challenge the schools to deal with the patron or to deal with the number of teachers that have passed through the various schools who that have taught in various schools throughout the Turks and Caicos, you know, I think it will go a long way and I turn an understanding that they are here because of those who came before them, those who have passed on knowledge. And 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 on above all you you stand clear not only in Middle Caicos and North Caicos, but throughout the Texan Caicos Islands in terms of an educator and in terms of the uh, Minister of Education and it can and in terms of engaging, you know. And um, we sometimes overlook those who have left who have left footprints on the sands at the time, but those who are here still that we should be able to uh, not only thank them, but honor them during Heritage Month. So I'm going to challenge the schools, that their patrons, those who can go as far back as uh, the number of teachers that pass through the, the various institutions of learning, from the primary, uh, secondary, and up to the community college. You know, I think it will go a long way and uh, um, getting our children and get the, the next generation, this generation, next generation, understanding the bit of the history of these Turks and Caicos Islands. And dealing with heritage, I also would like to talk about our archives, you know, that uh, we, we need to, to begin to set uh, funds aside for our archives and engage the business community. A number of our archives in the region it, it was not only government, but it was the business community that have been involved because basically they understand that uh, our people need to know the history, our people need to know, understand the roots and, and documents that are from Turks and Caicos that are all over the world, the UK, the Bahamas, uh, Jamaica, and, and even Haiti with institutions that were connected uh, with the various countries. We, we are able to um, get, you know, do that research and, and see if we can come up with, with those documents and have, uh, especially at the community college level, those students who, who are engaged in social studies, you know, that, that they understand that we too uh, have, have a godly and a goodly heritage and uh, that uh, we would need to understand that and to be able to, to pass it on uh, to the children and to the children children. So that is one that, again, I, I would uh, challenge uh, the business community to, uh, to engage in and the register of deeds uh, in these Turks and Kyrgyzstan. And last but not at all least, a clear part to self-determination must be paved with various institutions. And one of the number one institutions is our, our national bank. Uh, we had a bank established in 1890, uh, and um, the, the government savings bank, and that went up to 
head with uh, anyway um, <laughs> I just want to remember them because uh, right. so often when many of these there's some of these who are still active and alive but many times when you've moved off the political scene you're forgotten uh -huh. And so I am indeed thankful to them for the contribution that they have made to the Turks and Caicos Islands. At this time, I'm going to open the phone lines if there are any questions or comments for Honorable Taylor. The number numbers to call is 1-900-2222-007. 1-900-2222-007 or 946-2007. And indeed, if you want to text me, then text me at 244 7332 247332 Welcome to Expressions. Of course, if you're over there on Providenciali, special welcome to you. And to all those who may be on Ambergris Keys and West Caicos, uh, this is Expressions. Welcome to all members of the diaspora, wherever you happen to be. I, I know, Honorable All, you must feel proud that Bombero Beach have been named the second best beach in the Caribbean. And um, uh, of course, uh, you, you out, outmatch uh, Grace Bay Beach. Uh, the, uh, those who have visited Bombera and then and look at the beach and, on the, and the, uh, the surroundings, you know, I mean, breathtaking, you know. Yes, indeed it is. Uh, only because of no development, well, there's quite a bit of seagrass from time yeah. to time, um, or most of the time, because. Uh, it is an expansive uh, piece of beach, and it's like no point cleaning it all the time because you have no real hotel facilities or anything like that to justify it. But indeed, it is absolutely beautiful, and I have fond memories. I don't visit as often as I should, but I have fond memories uh, fishing off there, uh, walking out to Pelican Key, and when I held MC Expo, one of the feature races was the race to Pelican okay. Key and back. Mm -hmm. And many, many nights, I lie on the sand with my line out fishing and sometimes fall asleep <laughs> with my line tied to my toe, <laughs> only to be awakened by a huge tizzic almost pulling me in the sea. You know, yeah. I've had some great, great times there, day and night. And of course, I cannot forget when I was but a little boy too small to go on the boat. On Saturdays, we would be out there, and oh, we caught dozens of shad bars and grunts and dog snappers, plentiful, plentiful. Mm -hmm. And I remembered the first time I caught a bonefish, because, you know, catching a bonefish was like a prize, and those things can pull. So being small and fearful of it pulling me into the sea or taking my line, 
when I hooked him, I just put the line over my shoulder and ran up the <laughs> bank. <laughs> and I was so proud when I saw him flopping up there. Yeah, my first bonefish. I never can forget that. Okay. And, of course, I caught many sharks oh. off there. Oh, yeah. Because um, with a high tide, you mm -hmm. only had to bait up in the oh. Bambara Landing. And you would see mm -hmm. them coming, swimming across the sandbar over to the Bambara Landing area. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. But you, you never had any uh, major incident with a, with a shark in that area, do we? Not at that time. The only incident I recall as a child was once off the Mujan Harbor area, and it, it wasn't necessarily a shark. People would say that, because, you know, everything they blame on shark. Okay. But there was a Harvey chap, I think, from Kongba, who was out over on Dragon Key, you know, that little key... Yeah. Uh, where the waves beat over right. and a wave knocked him off and he just went. People say shark eat him, but I'm not <laughs> sure about that. You know, the waves okay. uh, oh. knocked him over and the oh, current okay. and tide just took him and never ever to be heard of. Oh. But I do not recall through all my years as a child and as an adult um, anyone really being attacked okay. by a shark. Oh. Now, I was frightened by sharks. Um, but I guess they were just doing what they had to do in their mm -hmm. environment. Mm -hmm. I was off an area called Primus Bull, and I was diving conchs, and so often in the grass area where the conchs are, Jack like to follow you because they're those small fish that comes out of the conch, and they like to eat it. So I spared a Jack, uh, not thinking of anything, and uh, threw it on the boat. And uh, there comes the shark dashing <laughs> towards the area, you know. I was so frightened, thing I shot him. Oh! But of course, in the sea, the only thing you'll hear is bubbles. <laughs> but um, uh, so often, like I have said to people, it's not so much that sharks want to attack you, but you see, the way they are designed, on the side of the shark, there's a long set of nerves called the nap. Uh, lateral line and very very sensitive to sound and vibration that's why a shark never swims in a straight line you would always see them Correct. twisting like Correct. meandering meandering so that the sound waves beat off their side and then they will zero in on the prey so really it's the prey they're coming after but their sight isn't all that good and so <laughs> sometimes they may miss the prey and hit you and um, I have been diving uh, with four and five sharks around me, believe it. <laughs> but what we used to do, my brother and myself, let's say if I'm down in the shoal with a rock on the rock fighting a grouper, because sometimes you hit a group and he goes under Correct. there. Correct. I don't want to lose the group and certainly I don't want to lose my spear. So I was the type, I'm going to fight it. But all I would do, I'll have Branford or late, my other late brother Goro, they would sort of stand guard. And, of course, once the shark darts in and they face the shark with their spears, shark will turn off. Oh, okay. Yeah. So um, they are not as terrible as people make them out yeah. to be. In many instances, they're just as much afraid of you as you are of them. Yeah. But there's enough shark, too. They say they're sleeping. They call them a refer to them as shark. Yes. Well, so the nurse shark, um, well, they may butt you. But you see, their teeth are designed differently 
they don't have those sharp teeth like sharks or even barracuda because you see they mainly feed on crustaceans so their teeth are more for crushing like lobster and crabs and and, and so on the like oh, okay. and um, I have swum with huge I mean eight nine foot <laughs> uh, nurse sharks and who held on to their tails and let them pull Correct. me through the water. Oh, okay. Um, of course, if you are not a good swimmer and understand these creatures, don't bother. So I'm not encouraging people to just go and do that. Now, it, for instance, if they are mating, they can get very, very saucy. Oh. And their skins are like sandpaper. So if they brush <laughs> upon you, you can imagine what will happen in that salt water. Oh. But like, like I said, I have... Um, swam with many, many uh, 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 nurse shark. It's easy to distinguish. The nurse shark is generally browner in color, and their fins are different. Uh, the, the nurse shark has that long sort of tail fin uh, and other fins. Anyway, they, they, they're just different uh, from the shark. So, and the other sharks, most of them are gray, of course, depending on where they live, some may get a little greenish color, uh, depending on the species, and some may be even dark, almost black. There are some sharks. And there are all kinds of sharks around. Uh, you've got, um, you know, uh, so many of them uh, around. There are some creeks uh, between Middle and East Caicos. Well, I could take you there, Honorable uh, Taylor, and you will see dozens of sharks, dozens, mm. because a lot of the bonefish go up in those creeks, and almost wherever you see bonefish, sharks will be somewhere in the midst trying to oh, get at them. Okay. And likewise, all sorts of turtles, all uh, green turtle, hawksbill, plentiful. Um, my brothers and I, at some time, some days, we used to dive eight and even a dozen of them. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> and they're still plentiful. Uh, and, um, of course, you know, a lot of the men in the Caicos love their turtle, turtle soup and what have you. <laughs> uh, I used to eat it, but I turned against it because when my children were small and they saw us slaughtering the turtles, they would cry. Okay. And uh, I stopped that. Uh, and even now I discourage people from uh, diving the turtles because, uh, in fact, it may give you a meal. Or for the fishermen, maybe a hundred or more dollars. But that turtle in the sea is valued thousands of dollars. You see, with our tourists going out there, you, you'd be surprised. It's like that make their day when they can capture a turtle uh, on video. Uh, I remember the years ago when Cecil Ingham was like king in the dive business yeah, okay. here. Not mm. only the photography that they had, but there were certain locations out there that they could go and almost guarantee the visitors of a big grouper or turtles Turtle. and so on. But oh, some okay. of our unscrupulous fishermen have just gone and mm. fished them out. The, the yeah. turtle is supposed to be an endangered species. Uh, which is a green turtle. They claim that. Uh, an endangered species, and, and if we look at the history of Turks and Caicos, especially West Caicos at Lake St. Catherine, right. uh, used to be a turtle farm. Right. And uh, the, the history of that just you have Yankee Town, and uh, there was a, a railway going 
across uh, Lake St. Catherine, but it says the largest turtles that you can c come across was um, in uh, Lake St. Catherine. Yeah. Well, I will tell you something too. There is that blue hole on the south of Middle Caicos. Uh, <laughs> and when I say turtles, I'm not talking about one or two, dozens of them. And when you talk about sharks, hundreds of them. I can never forget, I was going from Providencialis to Middle Caicos, um, and uh, it was the first time. I've seen it by air, but it never gone through. And it was like a frightening experience because it was like one minute I was on three, four feet of water, and the next minute, I was like in the ocean. What? Because yeah. that hole is it's so deep, deep with okay. blue, blue water. Okay. And it has a good uh, radius. You know, it's pretty wide. I mean, good circumference. It's pretty mm -hmm. wide. And um, on other days, I went there. And man, I'm telling you, I saw those bonnet-nosed sharks <laughs> on the, down on the bottom, almost like you see how they line up those fighter jets on, the, oh, okay. on those things. I mean... Like maggots on the bottom. Right. But, but talk about, I mean, jets. When we flew over from uh, from Puerto Rico, uh, passing the the Caicos Bank there, the captain of the aircraft actually uh, referred to the blue hole. Yes. See this strange phenomena. Mm -hmm. He said uh, that uh, uh, you know the the, the blue hole. Uh, it was on the right side of the aircraft. I mean, and uh, I happened to have my little camera, and I, I took a few shots, you mm -hmm. know. So uh, it is known a, a bit globally, I can say, yes. uh, that, that um, we have the blue hole here and, and Turks and Caicos. And again, an attraction like that, you know, uh, any uh, boater who, who can take tourists out, and then you know, unbelievable... What, what can happen oh, in Turks yeah. and Caicos? Oh, yeah, the amounts of bone fish and gray snappers around there, gosh. Right, right. Yeah. I, I've always thought of the idea, but the money just didn't follow with the <laughs> thought. It's like to have a fisherman's camp on the southern shore there, okay. and where uh, guests, uh, of course, we have to take measures against the mosquitoes now. <laughs> but at nights, Brother, you would be surprised the amount of bone fish and gray snappers that be caught in that area. Okay. No doubt about it. I mean, we have really some treasures. Um, in fact, Middle Caicos perhaps have more blue holes than anywhere else. Some of them, we just call them boiling holes. Because, okay. you see, these holes suggest a weakness in the crust of the earth. And so when, when the tide is flowing, you can see the water coming, coming up. up. And it's, um, depending on the time of day, somewhat okay. cool. Okay. And when the tide is low, yeah. you can see it swirling, Looking like it's sucking okay. down through there. And yeah. if you don't be careful in some of them, it tends to suck you down. Right, like a rep reptile. Where, reptile where, where some individuals... Uh, run into difficulty. There are a number of them in Lorimer's Creek, um, and there are a couple of them down at the old ferry site west of Kongba, oh, okay. apart from that big one, the Blue Hole on the south. Oh, yeah, okay. very, very interesting. Right. But middle, as I said, 
and that you would note for the history of Turks and Caicos, I always say nothing happens before his time. And um, this is at that time now that we're looking in terms of, um, of uh, uh, middle and north and in terms of, of, of development and, and being able to, to be more conscious of our environment and, and making sure that whatever we do, you know, that um, our, our, our children and our children's children can benefit from. We can learn from our mistakes and learn from the mistakes of others. But what I, as I said, uh, being, uh, for Bombara Beach to be named the second, uh, I don't know if it was number one, but uh, we have to aim for number one and instead of being number two, and you know, and uh, similar to what happened with Grace Bay uh, Beach over the years. And, um, but I would, um, I would also, as we begin to look at, at, the, at the budget, that this is probably the ideal time to, to look in terms of your national bank and, and put an extra amount of money aside for a national bank and also uh, uh, dealing with a, a, a national archive fund, a national bank fund, and a real national heritage fund that, that we can have some real joint ventures with, uh, contributions towards made, especially for those who have benefited from the investment, the investments here in, in Turks and Caicos, if they really want to be a part of our beautiful by nature TCI. Sure, I mean, I support uh, the establishment of a local bank. I've said ever so often on the show, uh, the Turks and Caicos are one of the, perhaps the only place I Correct. know in the Caribbean Correct. where there isn't a local bank. Yeah. Small as Anguilla is, yeah. uh, they have a popular thriving uh, local bank doing better than some of the other banks. Yeah. And um, this is the only area, too, where we don't have trade unions. We do not have credit unions. I, I don't understand mm -hmm. our people in that regard. But let me pause, because Evelyn Simmons reminded me uh, that the lady from Q was the Honorable Dimple Mosby. Correct. Correct. And I, I, I cannot Correct. forget her, because I believe I was in the house during that time. And... Uh, um, <laughs> I recall... For her four years, if she spoke twice <laughs> in the house, seriously, yeah. and anybody could track the record, that may have been as much as it was, <laughs> really. We had some interesting people in the house. On another occasion, uh, I will go into some of them. <laughs> I always remember Louis Galapopi and, uh, and, and um, I all that sort of stuff. I, I and also, just one second, and you can come afterwards. I think we did mention Honorable Danny Williams. Yes, Honorable Danny Very important because he was one who formed, helped form Correct. the first ministerial government. Uh, and there was Honorable Stafford Mizick. Correct. Honorable yeah. Stafford Mizick, I can never, ever forget. Uh, not because of his educational background and the fact that he spoke many languages, yes. but I always marveled at how he would travel, and I honestly don't know how he did it. And at that time, you know, our country's finances were in terrible shape in the, in the 80s. And he would go off to Europe, seven, 10 days, and he would return with various agreements with various entities. And at that time, 
I forgot what they used to call it, but like in order for us to hold a piece of parcel of land for development, they would pay so much for a short period. And if they do nothing, then that fund would come to us. And Honorable Taylor, I'm talking about good sums of money, not five and six thousand dollars, good sums of money. Okay. And nine out of ten times, them people never do anything. I, I know what you mean. So I used to say to myself, <laughs> boy, I wish this man could go off again because well, money in the treasury. Well, he was attached to the, the uh, Bahamas Central, Central Bank. Bank. Yeah. And therefore, uh, I, I, I recall uh, it's about Alexis Neon. Right, right. Because right. I, I happened to uh, travel to Canada um, when there was the. the Proposal for Norwest Point and Providentialis, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, the Honorable Missick, uh, Stephen Missick, and the Neons uh, seem to have had uh, you know a good relationship. Right. And so uh, even though that that project didn't come up because, of course, at that time we were <laughs> we understood about the Hospital Creek Agreement and the different agreements there, and. Um, Norbert's uh, and Providentialis was looking to have as a land bank um, and for Providentialis, you know. And um, uh, there was a demonstration up here because that project <laughs> doesn't come off mm-hmm. to me that Honorable uh, Cox thought it, w- it should have come off. Right, right. Uh, uh, Walter Cox. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. On another time, occasion, we could look at the provost side mm-hmm. again because we had okay. some very interesting players <laughs> in the political okay. arena way back then. Okay. And like I was saying to Honorable Lou Hanfield the other day, you know, I am of the view, irrespective of how we think or feel about various individuals who have served, I think every country unearths the leadership that is relevant to that time. Okay. Oh, oh, correct. I, I, I always say to folks, God put us at the right place at the right time for the right reason. Yes. It's up to each one of us to understand that, you know. Um, and uh, once, and, and the tax and Caicos Islands on a, on a whole, when you look at Grand Talk, Salt Key, South Caicos, at one time or the other, it was a heyday, you know. I mean, Salt Key was referred to as having the best quality soil in the world, yes. you know, and and so much that it is said that uh, the first president of the United States, George Washington, right. that uh, he got the soil from well, it was from soil keep from Turks and Caicos, yes. uh, in terms of um, the U.S. and his war of independence, they needed. Uh, Sold to preserve the meats and to do a number Correct. of things, you know. So, um, and he was uh, alleged to have said that some of the best sea salt he ever had yeah, came correct. from these islands. Correct. I yeah. often say to tourists, and in some ways it would look like it's ironical, that we are still a territory of UK, but we aided the Americans Co- in their independence. Correct. As our salt helped to preserve the food for the the meats for the troop, and yeah. one of the generals actually wrote about having to ration his meats because of insufficient salt. salt. What had transpired is that after the 13 colonies break away, the British 
in their spiteful manner, <laughs> impose a trade embargo. Correct. So Saul, that is destined for those areas, just couldn't get there. Right. Yeah. But but uh, well, of course, in those days, I mean, you're going back. I shouldn't say you had pirates, but there were ways and means of of uh, coming in and being loaded up and, and moving out before you are detected even. Right. So uh, you hear some of those stories, you know, that go back to uh, the U.S. War of Independence. But also uh, the Caicos Islands in terms of the Loyalists who came out of the Carolinas into North and Middle Caicos, North and Middle Caicos and uh, raised green. And if you uh, begin to look in terms of, of uh, the stubs, stubs uh, you know, you would, uh, they, they actually came from the Carolinas into Bermuda and then uh, to Middle Caicos and North Caicos and Providentialis. Correct. So we can go back and it will go along with, with uh, in my opinion, with the community college if we begin to take a serious approach to social studies uh, of these Turks and Caicos Islands. Sure, you know, because like I often say to students at the community college when I speak with them and to others throughout the schools, um, even our very system of governance, you know, um, it had its nucleus here in the Salt Islands because okay. for a long period the Caicos Islands had no representation. Okay. And in fact, the Caicos Islands were only settled about a hundred years after the Salt Islands. You see. But the thing about it, though, is that, I mean, when we speak to the Salt Islands, it was, I mean, Grand Oxalkey and South Caicos. Right, right. You know, it turns up the Salt Islands. In fact, um, in those days, they never used to say South Caicos. They say East Harbor. Right. So it's just like when you had Middle Caicos named Grand Caicos. Yes. I don't know who changed it to say it's Middle Caicos rather than Grand Caicos, but it was the largest island in Turkey. You'll yeah. be surprised to know the number of families that descend from, from sure. Middle Caicos. Yes, yes. You know, I mean, suburb, and, and South Caicos mostly settled from, from Middle Caicos. I often say South, I mean, Middle Caicos and Salki perhaps have produced more people for the islands than Correct. almost any Correct. other island. I and even like in the Bahamas, I recall like when you're going to see grape, oh gosh, so many Lorimus people, uh, it's not funny, it's not Correct. funny. But anyway, lest I forget, I want to thank Evelyn and Velma for reminding us of those two names, uh, okay. Honorable Dimple Musgrove and Honorable Stafford Mizzick that we may have mentioned. Right. And no doubt there may be others that we fail to mention, but of course it's not deliberate. And uh, it was only tonight I, <laughs> I left. I, I have, uh, of course, uh, a release. I got a release. It's not an official release of, uh, from 76 up until uh, 2016 mm -hmm. in, in terms of the members um, and the various election. Right. And, you know, so probably next time yeah, we'll um, go through that. Yeah. Uh, on, yeah. on a previous show, I actually did go through a whole you know, lot correct. of that and even showed the changes of government back and forth from PNP to yeah. PDM yeah. and uh, the fact, though some don't like it, uh, that with the exception of Norman Saunders, no Honorable Norman Saunders, no independent uh, has survived or been elected yeah. since the Honorable Danny Williams. Correct. You know. Okay. 
And but anyway, uh, we will see what happened <laughs> the next one, because a number of individuals who are talking about um, running, a uh, uh, number of individuals who are talking about third parties. parties. Uh, but okay. um, I have always said, much to their dislike, if you check all over the Caribbean, uh, independents and third parties don't fare too well. Not at all. Just one. I, well, what what I what I find that um, is one thing talking about government, and the next thing being a part of a government right. and, and, and understanding exactly how, how government operates, how government moves. Right. Now, we, uh, you, would, you would note that if you go back to uh, post-departure, uh, post, uh, uh, I could say, our separation from the Bahamas, that you, you had, <laughs> we had a president of the Turks and Caicos Islands. Right. And, yeah. and, we, and, and we had elections big back in the 1840s. And that lasted up until 1873, when we became a dependency of Jamaica. And then the, there was a period between 1873 and 1962, when Jamaica gained its independence. Then we then share, uh, correct, we, we, we share the same governor with yeah. the Bahamas, but of, of, of course, not government. And when the Bahamas gained its independence in 1973, then um, we, for the first time, uh, you know, had a resident governor. I want to ask you a question, uh, Honorable Taylor, uh, because uh, during those periods being administered through Jamaica and the Bahamas, uh, s uh, revenue from salt accounted for a fair amount of the revenue in Jamaica. And I know at least 25% in the Bahamas Correct. at that time. It is often bandied about which of these two, let's call them administering powers, did better for us. What's your view? Well, I honestly feel we, we came more from Jamaica. All right. All right. Um, and if we begin to, again, uh, go back to you in education. Uh, we we had you don't hear about it. We had the first uh, a Tux and Caicos Islander graduated from the University of the West Indies um, because of our connection with Jamaica. That's Dr. Bean. Right. You know, it's the late Stanley Bean's the, brother. Correct. Right. Yeah. And um, if you if you begin to look at our Shortwood College and Michael, Michael. and and then uh, the police Cass. training and you, you you name it. You know, and then you you had the you had the um, the Catholic schools like uh, St. George's College and Alpha uh, Academy school, that you, yeah. that you that you had uh, Turks and Caicos Islanders at the So therefore, unlike the, the the Bahamas, from an education standpoint, uh, uh, in fact, we we didn't benefit from the Bahamas from an education standpoint. You know, and, and and their institutions, but we we did from Jamaica because they were just sort of in the genesis of their own Cor educational correct. system, in the right. sense that many Turks and Caicos Islands who moved there in the '60s yeah. end up being teachers down there. Correct. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. um, in, in fact, you'll be also be surprised to you know the number of families here who uh, have that connection. I mean, date back to when we were a part of the Bahamas. Yes. You know. Yes. Uh, in fact, my uh, my to my paternal, my father's murder, actually came out of the Bahamas. 
and to Tex and Caicos, along with two of her brothers and her niece. Yes. You know. <laughs> and another factor, too, even in the religious sphere, we, uh, should I say, benefited a lot from uh, preachers from Jamaica. Okay. And I always fondly remember, well, I don't know him as a bit too small, but I heard a lot about the Reverend J. Leo Riney. As a Baptist, of course, I know more Correct. about that side. Number. But I particularly became very familiar with uh, Dr. Dudley Stokes and Reverend Al Clemenson. And um, actually, my nephew Emerson, when he went to Cornwall College, he boarded with uh, Dr. Dr. Stokes. Stokes. And interestingly, one of Dr. Stokes' sons is in Providential. He's involved in the Caicos Ferry, among many other things, and Western Union and all the rest. But we we also, like we have a bit of Hugh Sherlock. Yes. And, 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 and the Methodist. Right. You know, and um, you, you, there were a number of other Methodist ministers that came out of, out of Jamaica, but we had doctors. Right. We, we had magistrates, um, of course, uh, police officers. Oh, yeah. You know, oh. all, all from, from Jamaica. I mean, in those days leading up to the 1960s, 1970s. And I recall, too, the first clinic in Bottle Creek was actually okay. built by the Baptists. There was a Baptist theological student who was doing Bible study work in the, because those days, I don't hear much of a Bible study, no, you know, you're uh, a vacation much. Bible study Correct. anymore. But you always used to have those um, student, um, theological students come down to conduct these vacation Bible school. And this young man, I forgot his name, but he died with appendicitis. James? No, no, not James, not James. But anyway, this this gentleman died with appendicitis, and the clinic was built more or less in his honor after that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But um, uh, as I said, at that time, we didn't have doctors out of the Bahamas. Uh, One thing that we had benefited from, and and it goes back to law and order, uh, post-emancipation, that um, the Bahamas regiment was sent to, to, to Turks and Caicos to, to keep the peace, they claim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, they remained there until the 1860s. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, uh, the British set up, we then had the, the West Indies uh, regiment, regiment uh, uh, de- in terms of dealing with um, keeping the peace. And and and, and defending uh, Turks and Caicos, could I say? Uh, and keeping the peace those days was mainly breaking up some drunken brawls, <laughs> charging fellas for driving the mule carts too fast, right, right, uh, reckless know. driving, and all and, that, and, and driving without a uh, uh, light, uh, you know? a bicycle without a light, <laughs> and uh, you know, and it, it must be mechanically attached, yes. and not to be, you know. Uh, so, you know, you can, you can go back. In fact, uh, one of these days we need to really take a look back. Because basically, uh, I've, I've said to someone today, can you, uh, the Bahamas talk about uh, Robin Hood uh, flower and uh, the, the bags, but you, you, had, you had, I mean, uh, shirts <laughs> from, from the flower. Yeah, shirts the flower and, bag. Shirts and, flower and skin bag. shirt. Right, right. Skin shirt. 
and uh, flower bag underpants correct. and flower bag bloomers. <laughs> correct. They used to make correct. those bloomers and then put elastic in, in the waist correct. or put a piece of string in the waist. They felt just a call of spankers. And you're tired. Uh, you know? Right, yeah. Yeah. All right, right. Yeah. I had a lovely flower bag shirt um, right. a lady, a young lady uh, made for me uh, one time. Uh, yeah, right. man, it's lovely. Yeah, man, they used to watch um, bleach them, the water, whatever they, you know, and, and, uh, you never heard about Pampas. Pampas. You know, you know what I mean? <laughs> your, your, your parents had to take whatever cloth you had there. Yeah, 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 you know? So uh, it, that's why I continue to say to some uh, young men especially, nothing happens just like that. It's not going to fall in your lap. You know what I mean? If you look back at the struggle that some families had to go through, I mean, I've, I've, I've talked over and over about Bay Wells here. I know you can talk about the well, the middle, the wells mm -hmm. and middle cakes, whatever you do. But the summertime, it was tough here. You know, you had to go over the hill to Bay, to Bay Well. And I've, I, I pointed out, I, I can remember my eldest my brother giving me a bath uh, under a tree at Bay Well. Uh, of course, by the time I reach home, the salt, <laughs> right. right, 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 you know, <laughs> we used to talk about salt rakers in there, yeah. you know. Yes. So you well, can I, I, I certainly remember those days because that was part of my chores, which I strongly detested, but had to do it before school right. and sometimes after school. Right. Yes. Anyway, I have mentioned earlier on that we'll open the phone lines in case anyone had a call. Um, it is your opportunity now, callers, and let's do that very quickly. The number to call is 1-900-2222-007-946-2007. Or you may text me at 244-7332. Um, you can aim as many questions as you wish to Honorable Taylor, because he is not here as often as I am. But of course, if there's a question for me, feel free to do so. I duck no blows. <laughs> Uh, let's see before we move on. Uh, I must also mention that uh, it never came off, but there was one developer who had committed to um, assist with the building of, of uh, archives for Ducks and Kikis here in Grand Turk. And um, we have documents all over the place. And, and basically, the whole issue of even self-writing off bonds you know, uh, you need to have that document at hand in order to do that. And um, and at the end of in March, each year, as we go into a fiscal year, what have you, you have uh, a, a board, the Board of Survey. And in the Board of Survey, basically, uh, you have that writing off, you know. And, uh, so there, there, are, there are a number of people who, who names are still on bonds, I mean, because it's not being written off, <laughs> you know. But it's all, but it's in the law, you know, and it's a process uh, that you must take legally in terms right, of, right. Of, of dealing with things. Have you brought that to the attention of some of the uh, officials? Uh, no, on, on a number of occasions, I, I, I pointed out, you know, and, uh, and your, 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 your public, in fact, your audit, it, it dealt with the audit department, and uh, one of the highlights in terms of your public accounts uh, 
committee must be they're writing off. Right, right. Know. Um, switching slightly, uh, doesn't seem like anyone have any burning issues. I guess everybody's still <laughs> so happy, though broke after the <laughs> Christmas period, but I guess they're still happy with their salary increases uh, and what have you. He, uh, even so much as a fellow say he would, he want to buy three of the White Houses with the, with the increase. <laughs> three of which White Houses? <laughs> That's the thing about <laughs> he, 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 was, he was on the cell phone, he said, Hello, say, how much for the White House? Yeah, <laughs> so, what is this? So, someone said, someone said, my wife said, he probably was talking about the White House in Salkey. Yeah, I see. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you, that will cost <laughs> them a fair penny. Tell you, <laughs> a lot of history there. But I, I want to ask your view. A lot has been said, and to an extent even written about, uh, the fact that the governor and those concerned have decided to sidestep our local police officers and uh, bring in someone from Grenada to be the commissioner of police. I've expressed my views. I'm wondering what yours, because I don't think you've ever discussed that here. Correct. Well, in my opinion, I mean, it would be better to have uh, recruit an advisor who, who basically are being uh, understand the region and understand the challenges that we have here rather than uh, bringing in a commissioner of police, you know. Um, and we have had advisors that, 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 that funded by the British government through, through, I mean, through FCO, advisors, police advisors to uh, the dependent territories. Uh, Cayman, was stationed in Cayman, and, and basically would, would attend here and, 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 and assist wherever they're training and wherever you have attachment. And that's how we came out of all of this in terms of having our first commissioner of police and deputy uh, commissioners of, of police, you know. And then again, it, it seemed to me that we, we, we have uh, we've gone back from that, you know. But in the 21st century, in my opinion, who know more about uh, your, your your country than your, your your own, you know? And I also point in terms of going from the, from, from the police to the civil service, those attachments give you a, a wealth of knowledge of what's happening in other territories, even in the, in the UK, that, that you're able to, to make connection when it, when it comes to, to dealing with, uh, with, with rare situations within your territory. I honestly feel that, uh, I mean, that, that, that was, a, was a wrong step, in my opinion. I honestly feel that uh, we should look in terms of an advice and we should look in terms of engagement. I mean, during the Paul Harvey uh, term as Commissioner of Police, you had within the Turks and Caicos Islands, a name group of, uh, for each island that the commissioner engaged. Yeah, at least, at least for, groups. Cor correct. And it, it helped tremendously. And um, I, I've also been pointing out, with all of this here, they, they have sidestepped uh, the justices of the peace. You know, they, they talk about uh, your 
one eight hundred number in, in in Miami who I'd say, Well look here. For each island you had a number and probably Nantiales, I believe uh, the number of justices of the peace there. It is not merely there to to sign a witness a transaction. But you're made a justice of the peace because you feel that you are an appropriate person to to uh, engage with with law and order and, and, and keeping peace within your community. The, I've said this over and over, and no one seemed to listen, that the jurors list, the jurors list, I mean, could be read, that used to be read by your justices of the peace, you know? Having said that, I think even right here in Grand Turk, the populace do not know who are uh, the, the justices, justices of the peace. peace. Uh, that, that, that's correct. In fact, when you have, I mean, uh, deceased people showing up on, on the on the jury's list, it doesn't speak good about the about the country, you know. So that the whole the whole era of engaging, the whole era of um, of, of dealing with law and order, it it have to deal with your community. It have to do with knowing your community, knowing your people, and I'm. I, I continue to say the challenges in terms of families not knowing I mean, who, who is who within the, the, the family. We need to get back to that. We need to be able to, uh, yes. you know. I have a text coming here from Mr. Ben Johnson. Uh, good evening, Ben, my good friend. How are you? Happy New Year to you. Uh, I have already uh, done that before to you and the guys over there at McAdoo. But let me do so again and wish you all the best for the new year. But he says, anyway, I agree with Brother Taylor. We should have brought in an advisor. That's what okay. he said. Um, the number to call is one nine hundred twenty two twenty two zero zero seven nine four six two zero zero seven. What is your opinion, John Public? Uh, we'd love to hear. Uh, we are also learning that uh, Grenada has various challenges. <laughs> in, in, in terms of law and order. Yes. You know, and, uh, and in fact, uh, to, to bring someone who was retiring from Grenada, I mean, into, into, into toxic cases to be commissioner of police, understanding, I keep on saying that we are in a global village. We all know with, with technology, yes. now you're, we are well informed of exactly what is happening globally. Uh, and and, and the, the, the region is no exception. <coughs> Well, um, that leads me to the next segment that we wanted to focus on, the governor's responsibility. And if I will ask you perhaps to just read generally the constitutional provision and the powers of the governor. But this is one area that falls under the governor's portfolio. That uh, the matter of police, because it falls under internal security and what have you. And I have maintained that successive governors have failed in carrying out their duties in this regard. We have had three commis local commissioners of police. And at this day and time, they didn't seem to have a, had a succession plan or anything that we still have to recruit. And, and, and like I say, it, it is demoralizing to those who serve. And by the way, let me compliment um, Acting Commissioner and the Acting Deputy for the role that they have been playing. 
as far as I'm concerned, this period, since they've been acting, particularly in the Christmas period, yeah. there have been less incidents than in previous years. Yes, correct. That is because correct. leading up to Christmas, I always worry about providenciales in terms of all the armed robberies and what have you, what have you. There has been a drastic reduction. So I want to commend them and the entire police force. And I would urge the governor to look carefully at this situation, because we cannot continue with this whole thing, just overlooking our people. I'm not saying who must be and who must not be uh, commissioner, uh, but it's demoralizing to those individuals. And if there is no future for them in the force, then tell them so. Correct. Okay? Uh, of course, it's up to the individuals to read the tea leaves, so to speak. But um, I, I am really disappointed in the way successive governors have handled the police force. The local government, whether it is under the PDM administration or PNP administration, they have, from a budget, budgetary point of view, constantly provide the police it's force correct. with the financial resources that they needed. So now there is no question about that. But it's all about its organizational structure. It's about its functioning. It's about its outreach to the community uh, in maintaining law and order. That, that is so true. Um, the issue, again, is one of those areas that I've been continued to talk about. Succession planning. And they say, oh, we have succession planning. But that isn't true. There are, and of course, the, the, those who are here in the private sector, investors, they look at government, they say, well, if government is doing this here to Jackson Caicos Island, why should we support? Only today I had a chat with a young man who have been in an, in an establishment, private sector, for, for the last uh, seven plus years. And he continued to say that he's been overlooked. They're bringing people in, you know, and uh, no one has said to him, you know, okay, look at this is what you need to do A, B, C, or D, right. if you want. And that is the thing about it. succession planning have to do with training, have to do with, with I mean, redeployment, you know, attachment, and uh, uh, go, uh, go a long way. And I've, I've been also preaching to our folks, our younger people, the community colleges there, Brother, use it for heaven's that's sake. That's exactly where I was going to go, but finish your point, and that'll you know, reinforce. I mean, so, I mean, even, even they were, also there were, there were police officers who used the police force as a stepping stone. Some <coughs> went into law, some went, did you know what I mean? But the community college is there, uh, for heaven's sake. And 2024, make it your business, you know? To, to, to basically educate yourself to get that piece of paper, you know? And um, now you can do a number of things online, you know? Sure. There, 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 are, there are a number of um, Czechs and Caicos Islanders in the, private, <coughs> in the private sector that have gone ahead to do, they did their masters and the PhD online, yes. you know? So we have that op this opportunity in the 21st century and we mu must embrace it. Yeah, I agree with you, because as you're speaking, I was saying that now that, indeed, 
uh, education free right up to the community college level. I am appealing to all of the services, our prison wardens, local Turks and Caicos Islanders, those in immigration, in customs, mm -hmm. in the police force. You see, these are not the days when you just find a body to put there. You know, they are looking at credentials. credentials. I often say to my own children, the days when I left college, um, college education was a big thing. If I was still involved, I would have had to upgrade my yes. skill, otherwise I'd have been passed over. Correct. I'd be at the bottom of the, uh, uh, of the pole, so to speak. You, you see what I mean? Wow. And so just sitting back here and talk like many would do, I'm a Turks and Caicos yes. Islander, you must back that up with the necessary credentials. And government allows, for many of you, the time off oh. to do your study while you're employed. Correct. You see? And, and I must say this. You see, the thing is, some of the foreign policemen or foreign individuals who come here, some of them were in the military elsewhere or were teachers or other positions. Correct. So to a great extent, when it comes then to uh, furnishing their credentials, they're going to get the chance for promotion over you. Correct. And therefore, and now that the salaries are much better, not only should we attract others of high caliber, but those who are in there need to upgrade them, their skills. Correct. Many of the commissioners of police and many of the senior officers in Barbados, Correct. in the Bahamas, they're lawyers. Correct. Correct. Many of them. And some have benefited from being here in Turks and Caicos. Absolutely. I see um, Green Slade, just to show you the caliber, who is a former commissioner of uh, police. He is a Bahamas ambassador abroad now. Correct. You know? Correct. And, 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 and so John Collymore. Collymore, when he did law, yes. and he went back to Barbados and the police force, and was in charge of the Northern Arrow and Barbados. Yes, yes. You know? So you have that opportunity. And we've had a few here who left the force and went and do law, no. just like the um, governor's nominated Remember. member, Mr. Billiard, Correct. and uh, my good Correct. friend, Mr. Leonard Franklin, Correct. who is um, in the, the Attorney General's chambers, Same I believe. Yes, yes. Yeah. I'm trying to wonder whether he's attached to the director. I know he is. He's, he's, well, he's in law. He's, yeah, anyway, you know I mean? but, he, but he is, he is a lawyer. All Correct. right, and then, of course, um, uh, the gentleman from Salt Key. Correct. Uh, um, what's his name now? Not Garland. Garland. No, Come no. On. Something is playing with my brain right now. But anyway, everybody, I guess, know who I'm talking <laughs> talk about. about. Um, it's amazing how these things don't click at all the yes, time. Sometimes. Yes, yes, you know, yes. But, um, yes. Yeah, but this is for young men who saw that opportunity yes. and they embraced fame and, 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 and they went out there and they, they started, they became a lawyer. And others yeah. can do it. Correct. They put their minds to it. Correct. You know? Yeah. So, so I'm hoping that again in, in, in uh, 2024 that uh, 
you know, with all the New Year's resolution that uh, that they are making, that that those who are looking at at uh, basically climbing the ladder, you know, that that they will think in terms of the community college or <coughs> or getting online and, and, and basically doing their studies, you know, and and whatever area uh, they. Uh, see in terms of specializing, uh, but the clear, as I said, we should think in terms now more than ever before as a clear path to self-determination. What the, the institutions that we need to uh, have in place, and the tax and cakes islands that must be in place because we must ask ourselves the question: Who are we developing our country for? Sure. You know, and uh, uh, with the with, there are two hotels that may come on stream within the next two years. Where? Uh, and providentialities again. And, and you're looking in terms of about 1,200 walkers plus. Yes. So the, the challenge is, I mean, Tux and Caicos Islanders, you have to look at housing, you have to look at every area that you can think of. Correct. I mean, and, and, and in terms of upgrading, in terms of of developing, of infrastructure, you know. But also, uh, the other islands that we must take a serious approach to, and that's one of the uh, reasons why I continue to talk about reset days that have been, uh, we can say history would repeat itself, but you look in terms of upgrading, when you look in terms of, of local government, either you have, have a mayor or, or um, a chief councilman you know, on the ground, uh, dealing with, with, with matters while you those in the legislative council and they say in your parliament, I mean, if the constitution, uh, if they agree, your parliament, uh, those who are parliamentarians are dealing with legislation, regulation, and, and the various areas of policies. Because what we have up um, every, it's a, every four years, there have to be a, 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 a policy, there's a policy arrangement with the British government leading up to, like against, leading up to self-determination, you know, uh, whether it be the whole area of tax, and in fact, whether it be looking at our statutory bodies. And that's why I agree, I mean, and someone had mentioned the whole area of the increase in salaries for civil service, and that those in the statutory body said, what about us? You know, what you're doing is bringing the civil service up to the level of the statutory body. And if you go for the various report, the Aubrey Armstrong report had placed the civil service for the 21st century in terms of succession planning, in terms of, of looking at terms of having a level playing field. You cannot have bodies who feel that they are government all to themselves, you know. And, but there could, not, there could not be that issue where uh, the civil service was a, a statutory body. There should be a level playing field that if you look at redeployment, if you look at uh, attachment, that you, you, you can do it because you're talking about public funds every step along the way. It's like I think it's time we take a long, hard look at the financial services because when you look at, just for instance, the salaries that the top right. person they paid, what are we getting in return? 
you know it, it is something that we really need to look at but that's one of the statutory bodies where the salaries are way way up there right someone again only mentioned today we have we have been uh how many years now with uh tci being liquidators and who really benefiting yes yeah, time, yeah, be, yeah. time for them to wind that up completely <laughs> you know completely. i mean uh someone said that uh, like they're, they're offering some uh, uh they're offering uh, another payment um I don't know if it's five cents on a dollar or is it two and a half cents on a dollar. Yeah, uh, but um, the only people who are benefiting from that now is the liquidator. Yeah, li you know what I mean? No doubt about it. You know? It, it, it is something just like civil recovery. Correct. That's Correct. another one because at one time when they announced the number amount of funds that they raised, the land they'd gotten, but it <laughs> gradually their bills now exceeding whatever revenue there is so time for Correct. that to be wound Correct. down Correct. and by the way um how long i wonder they're going to take before they select this other judge uh for the other set of trials you know the the, the first set that's under appeal i'm not too much concerned about that but i would love to see us make us bring closure this whole episode let's move beyond that no i quite agree we are we are we far surpass a hundred million in climate, and if you continue to look in terms of the appeal, you're gonna have you're gonna have appeal or appeal, appeal to the and, court of appeal and, and, and appeal and to the privy council. We'll still be paying for prosecutor <laughs> and, and correct. That's lawyers. what we're that's what, what we are doing. The legal aid yes. is being paid out, you know, and um, so basically, honestly, you know, you you wonder I've been. When would it all end? You know, and time, time and tides wait on no man. This yeah. you know. But I'm calling on the authorities that be to expeditiously see about the selection of the judges and let get this get thing behind right, us, man. Right. We're tired talking about this, uh, uh, this whole stuff. Right. Come on, I'm tired of being written about all. We have moved uh, well beyond, but that is still lingering and lingering there and mm -hmm. costing us millions, by the way. We we I don't know if you you well um, I get you you've been listening to the last amendment in the House of Assembly dealing with the coroners the coroners inquest you know um, the coroner we, has we, been appointed correct yes now uh, um, we we have made that step yes you know because if you go to the morgue now there are bodies on bodies. Yes, yes. You yes. know, we, we need in a timely manner to, uh, uh, when we talk about a soul being resting in peace, make sure that they don't just rest on ice, you know, <laughs> that, 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 uh, that the, the family, I mean, go for a time of mourning and then it's extended, right, right. I mean, for months, you know. So um, if we all. can get that behind us. Well, um, like I said, then let's spend the last half an hour or so um, in the absence of calls. Of course, callers, if you have any comments, 1-900-2222-007 or 9462-007, or you can text me at 244-7332. Uh, let's look a little bit more at the responsibility of the governor. Because like I said, um, we Turks and Caicos Islanders, because we are so partisan uh, whether it's PDM or PNP, would raise hell with our premier and other members of parliament. But the office of the governor goes unnoticed. 
and note I say office of the governor, governor. because not so much the individual um, who holds the office, but it is what pertains to the office and their function. The Constitution states that there must be a governor, and uh, I'm going to ask the Honorable Derek Taylor to read that section. Um, it is part two on, on page 22 of the now Constitution, and uh, is uh, section 23. There shall be a governor of the Tax and Caicos. There shall be a governor of the Tax and Caicos Islands who shall be appointed by Her Majesty, well, His Majesty now, mm -hmm. uh, by commission under her sign manual and signet, and shall hold office during her majesty pleasure, his majesty pleasure. The governor shall have such functions as may be conferred on him or her by or under the constitution or any other law and such other functions as his Majesty may from time to time be pleased to assign to him or her. And subject to this commission, and subject to this constitution, and, and in the case of functions conferred on the governor by or under any other law, subject to that law shall perform all such functions, including functions which are expressed by the Constitution to be exercisable in his or her discretion or in his or her judgment according to such according to such instructions, if any, as may be given by him or her by her, his majesty for a secretary of state. But the question whether or not the governor has in any manner comply with any such instruction shall not be inquired into by any court. A person appointed to the office of governor shall, before assuming the function of that office, make oath of allegiance and for the due execution of that office in the form set out in the schedule to this constitution. Now, we must take note. Number one, if you read further, although we have no say in the selection of the governor, we are mandated to pay part of the salary, which is in the range of about $150,000 thereabout. And guess what? It is not set by us. It is set by the Secretary of State. So don't be surprised in the next few months that they may say, well, you've had certain increases, so you're going to increase the governor's pay, as the case might be. That is, that, that is entirely possible. Right. On the 24, the emolument of governor, the holder of the office of governor shall receive such emoluments as may be, as may form the time being fixed by the Secretary of State by direction and writing, and those emoluments are hereby
chargeable on and shall be paid out of the consolidated fund of the tax of Cayman Islands. And you hear that word? By direction. Right. Instruct to be paid, and it's paid. So whether the gov local government is say, look here, we're not going to make a provision, they will, just like you recall when Dr. Rufus Ewing decided he was not going to put out a budget for SIP payments. Instructions came down, pay them. That is the price of colonialism. That's what it is. And we have gotten away. They say, he who pays the piper calls the tune. You know what I mean? So, but but, <laughs> but it's not true. In, so in this case, no. because we have been self-financing for a number of years, quite, quite. I had to tell an American just the other day, uh, giving him a ride around, uh, when he was asking about how much money the British give us and whether we paid pay taxes to the British. I say, no, we don't pay no taxes to them, and they don't give us anything yep, uh, directly. We used to benefit from EDF funds, uh, which they basically contributed to. But in terms of direct budgetary assistance, not at all. Uh, well, the technical cooperation in some areas, uh, the sharing scholarships and some other things, fine, certain attachments and so on. But in terms of direct financial assistance, no, we have been taking care of ourselves for a long time. Okay. And it is frightening um, to hear, I call it young students, students who are basically are not informed in terms of what real, what budgeting is all about, you know. And the one young man continued to say to me, oh, you should send all that money back to England. You should send all that money back to England. I said, come on, you know. You must understand what a country budget is all about, you know. If once is a, a uh, guesstimate, when you talk about your estimate. And, and basically, uh, you have to, and on it, look at your recurrent budget, which deal with, with, with salaries and allowances and whatever. And there is also that contingency, where uh, regardless of whatever there is, uh, or the statutory bodies, uh, whatever happened there, the government have to be paid from uh, from public funds if, if, if they happen to... Um, uh, and there have to be guarantees, and so when you think in terms of of, of borrowing, you know, by, by a statutory body, basically uh, government uh, proper will become liable. Yes. You know? So there's that continued liability, and uh, there have to be, uh, from a constitutional standpoint, a 90-day resolve. You know, uh, three months resolve uh, to allow you to recover from any major disaster. Yeah. Well, according to the Minister of Finance, if we don't raise another cent, uh, we have enough money to see us through almost for one year. Okay, all right. Yeah. I'm, 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 uh, I continue. I'm, I'm wondering if he's speaking in terms of dealing with. I, I keep on talking about the statutory bodies. We, we normally talk in terms of the civil service and being able to, but the issues must uh, also be looked at in terms of your statutory bodies. Uh, you, you, you mentioned 
financial services. You have to look in terms of the timely collection of their revenue and the time when it uh, reach the consolidated fund even. So when we begin to look at liquid versus what is uh, be, was written, you know, uh, it, it go a long way. But there's also that contribution towards that we are involved with in terms of major uh, hurricane, major uh, with, with the Caribbean, whether it be um, whether it be a hurricane, earthquake, or whatever it is, uh, we also have to be able to pay up our insurance and what have you. Well, um, you can, if you have other thoughts, just hold it for a while. I have a text here, and I'm sure this is from a, a very senior police officer, by the way, it's written anyway. And he says, Evening, Honorable Hall. Happy New Year to you, sir. All the best for 2024 and beyond. Be assured that two senior officers have successfully completed the Strategic Command Course, SCC, in the United Kingdom in 2021 and 2022, respectively, which is the requirement for chief officer positions in the United Kingdom and was said to be for the TCI. This has nothing to do with being qualified for the job. They are both qualified for the job. There are those that simply seem to believe TC Islands are not good enough to be uh, to police themselves. Thank you very much for that note. Of course, uh, that view is not shared by me because I've always been championing the idea of Turks and Caicos Islanders heading our force. And I was aware uh, that there are individuals who met that qualification bar. But what I was speaking to was generally, yeah. and as I and notice, I didn't just mention police, I mentioned immigration and customs, right. prison, and what have you, whatever level they may be to try and upgrade their Get skills. Themselves. Correct. And as, as we mentioned earlier, with, with the community, with community college, is at their fingertips. You know, you, you can now, now obtain a bachelor's degree through the community college. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So, so you In know, go, go after that. Yeah. Yes. And now, one, one thing that we have not, and we probably will look at it, there, there are a number of Turks and Caicos Islanders who are, are now British citizens. They can work in the UK. They can, I mean, <laughs> travel free as they want in the, in the UK without understanding. I mean, some just look at it as having a British passport. But they are British citizens. That is correct. You know, and for progress, for partnership, even though they said that there would be no reciprocity, I always use uh, the phrase that my father used many years ago, and there arose a king in Egypt who knew not Joseph. Someone going to come up and say, well, goodness, how come they can have, I mean, citizenship here in the UK and we can't have citizenship in, in their territory, you know? And if you look for the history of, of the UK and um, going back uh, post-World War to when we were citizens of the United Kingdom and colonies, until that famous speech from Enoch Powell that rules of blood that that, that, that yeah. changed that changed all that mm -hmm. you know you know so you know um, you have whatever we do we have to look to the future there must be that vision 
And, and now they say that there must also be that thinking outside the box. Right. You know? Well, um, what my hope is, indeed, that the large number of individuals who have moved to the United Kingdom, and many of them mainly for educational purposes, purposes correct. Uh, once they have gained their qualification and experience, like I know some are some doing, are correct. and uh, then plan to return, some on their own, some on government-funded scholarships, right. and uh, that, I hope, will happen uh, to come back and build Turks and Caicos. Because, you see, in a backhanded way, and the British is clever, through extending this uh, British citizenship, citizenship, so to speak, right, right. they are encouraging brain drain from many of oh, oh, correct. the territories. From the Caribbean, and, and overseas territories, from all, with all the overseas yes, territories. Yes, we have to be wise to that. Correct. And um, the Turks and Caicos Islands is on the upswing, and it is for those youngsters, others here, to carry it forward, mm -hmm. because people like yourself, myself, and some others, even in the political arena, yeah. our time is rather limited. It's, it's all for them now correct. to take the button and run on, Correct, being able to, 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 to pass on. But for them to understand, what, what I'm finding is the issue, I said it earlier, of communication, the issue of benefiting from experience. You know, there's that engagement. And I don't know if in the 21st century you still have this attitude, they have this attitude of confidentiality, you know. Uh, well... I can't discuss this with you because this is confidential, you know. At what but, level do you mean? Uh, I'm, well, I'm, <laughs> I, am, I am talking about uh, the House of Assembly level. Mm -hmm. And that is one of the reasons why uh, when you're dealing with bills, and as, as a former speaker, uh, except, uh, except for money bills, that there uh, is that period uh, between the first reading and, 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 and the second reading. Normally, but um, I have seen over the years and even recently a number of bills other than financial bills going through all three right. readings at the same time. Right. Well, of course, if the House decide that that is the case, that, right, that, right. that would happen. Yes. And it probably because of some emergency, the majority of time they have to do with the, the is a, and a sort of emergency. This must be done in a timely manner to facilitate uh, the general public, you know. But uh, under the standing orders of the House there, you know, there uh, is that time period between the first reading and the second reading, um, uh, except, for, except for money bills, you know. Yes, generally. Right, right. So um, the issue also in, in terms of um, engagement, uh, in my opinion, if your technocrats have already gone on through that, you know what I mean? There's nothing to hide. Uh, go way back, I always give this, this joke about one of the administrators. Before we had the state council, who said uh, to one of, uh, of the members of the the then House said that I understood that um, the confidentiality had been breached, and uh, and uh, I'm I'm quite upset about it. And someone said, so 
one of one of you to put up and say yes. Say, well, I didn't know confidential was on there, and it's still closed. Now I am one of those who defend confidentiality at certain levels. Right. Okay. Now, unfortunately, our political parties do not function well. They mainly use as a vehicle to get elected, and then that's it. The branches should be functioning, functioning. and uh, the chairman, not the president or leader, because the president or leader may be leader of the opposition or may be a premier, so he has other matters to attend to. But the chairman should see to the functioning of the party in the various branches, and that is where lots of suggestions could come forward Boy. from the public and at the same token once a bill is published then of course um, the representative can explain to them the impact of exactly. those bill get their input and help in possible um, amendments that interaction too can help the representatives to get good questions from out there Correct. because even going back to when i was speaker sometimes quite frankly people throw some questions just to say they have but they're almost meaningless and so meaningless questions tend to get meaningless answers you know um they just don't function uh, the way they ought to but the matter of confidentiality, particularly at the cabinet level, I think that is very, very important, important. because there may be proposals, and I can speak from experience Correct. on that one. Correct. Where individuals have done their homework, made their proposals, and could very well be hijacked by someone, pass on to someone else, Correct. and that is grossly unfair and really criminal in Correct. conduct Correct. And, and and therefore until cabinet has made a decision on that uh the members as such their lips should be sealed is correct. that there's that day no no that's 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 correct uh you know um during uh, your time and my time we, we had um executive council right right it was on the only under the uh 2006 constitution that you begin to have cabinet right. I mean, we, uh, we would talk about uh, cabinet but the the issue when you're dealing with legislation and regulation because uh, I've noticed of late that that's I could say that certain regulations have been breached um, and there are people who go and changing as they feel like changing you know and if, if you if you engage the minister well they don't know anything about it but you can go and change your regulation just i feel like changing it no. the, the format that is set out there and when that is if that is amended then the general public must know up front sure i mean bills are passed into law by the house oh, but regulations are made in, in cabinet, cabinet. Correct. And if there are to be changes to those regulations, then it should go back to cabinet Correct. for Correct. that. Correct. So those, those are the, I mean, areas in terms of 
engagement that you can that you can benefit from. But the 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 political wing or the political committee of of each party should be up and functioning. And there are committees that you are accountable now under the under the constitution set up. You are accountable to the integrity commission. In any case, the right. party, you know. So therefore, the machinery must 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 be run right. And in a timely manner. And that is the thing about it. Uh, and the thing about it too is that they are paid constituency allowances. Um, I, I recall a certain member was asked about it, and he told that individual that's none of his business. business. And I found that rather, rather strange. He get what yeah. I mean, because yeah. there should be that accountability of, of course. to of that course. branch, what you do with those yeah. funds. Correct. And so when you think of it, there is no excuse for these branches not functioning, functioning. much better than they are. Oh. And you know what happens? they do that to their own detriment because and i'm not trying to throw shade at anyone but any party particularly that's an opposition if its branches are functioning f effectively more than half of the job is done before election time yeah yeah you're so true it's so true yeah but that I, that engagement that communication that asking it go a long way in terms of assisting and debate uh, in, the, in the House of Assembly, you know, especially dealing with the finances of the country. So true. Well, I want to make my final contribution um, because we have been sort of like skipping here yeah, and there. Yeah, it's been an open conversation. We have invited participation, but everybody seemed to be sleeping <laughs> on us tonight. Uh, uh, the number is still one nine hundred twenty two twenty two zero zero seven, or nine four six two zero zero seven. And like I said, I keep looking at my phone, and I have to see if there are new texts coming in, but none. So, uh, no additional ones. Two four four seventy three thirty two. Uh, like I said, there may be questions or comments for Honorable Taylor. Right. You have me most of the time, so you know how I feel and what I think on many of the subjects. Right. But to get back to the governor's office, they are indeed responsible for external affairs and defense. Right. And uh, as far as I am concerned, they have been quite negligent in this area. Uh, there is always that sort of debate as to where their responsibility ends and where yeah. ours begin when it comes to these matters. But when I look at the onslaught, and that's what I got to call it, yeah. with these illegal Haitian immigrants, yeah. it is not only a threat to our national security and contribute to crime, as we do know that these boats not only uh, engage in human trafficking, but the trafficking of drugs and guns and ammunition. Yeah. And there are far too many guns on oh, our yeah. streets. They are readily available. And so although the police is doing a pretty good job, uh, stop and search, uh, they get one or two today, there are more coming in. And I'm not only saying that it's all coming in that, uh, by these illegal boats. I have no doubt they come in by other measures. Uh -huh. And I don't want to be specific because I do not want <laughs> to cast uh, expressions on 
particular group of people. But it is a serious matter to be looked at. And like I said on a previous show, the British have sent one of their frigates down to Guyana to be on standby, you know, with the dispute between Venezuela. Now, we don't have a formal dispute with Haiti as such, but we damn sure have a problem, problem. with these illegal immigrants. Right. Is it because we don't have oil? Why are they not interested in doing the same? In relative peacetime, they have all kind of marine mm. assets at their disposal. Correct. And as the administering power, I will constantly be critical of them in this regard. Because although we talk about our local people can't stop the sloops, indeed they may not be able to stop the sloops, but I'm damn sure they can do better if they try. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I quite agree. Much, they should be able to do much more than, than what, they're, what they're doing now. Um, I, I also note that uh, the governor's office have, have, have a permanent secretary now um, being uh, offered within that, within that office. And, uh, and basically, you have to look, we have to look in terms of the total structure, the total manpower, and, uh, and also the whole area of engagement. Someone actually asked me if the governor, if the governor living here in Grand Talk or in Providence, I said, well, I don't know. You know, um, uh, I have not had the opportunity to engage the governor or the governor. I you, you have, have not asked uh, to engage me. Right. You know? Well, neither have and, I. And, and um, uh, ba basically, uh, as one who have been there, who have, who, you know, you know with, yes. with number of years, they, they, should, they, should, they should be there sitting down, you know? Yep. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that, again, 2024, that we'll see a change, right? And as we mentioned earlier in terms of, of dealing with the police uh, and disappointment of this commissioner, I am positive if there had been a sitting down here and and the governor must be aware that there were advices before. And and if you not if you have you have Turks and Caicos Islanders who are qualified uh, in, in terms of ascending the ranks, you know, uh, I mean why should these Turks and Caicos Islanders be held back? You know? And that that is the thing about and the, the engagement regionally in any case, because there's always that uh, meeting once a year between the commission, the, the regional commissions of police. And there's a regional police advisor too. Yes. Right, right. And and uh, so you're you're able you're you're able to meet your counterparts. Uh, you're able to benefit, and they're able to benefit from you, As, especially um, uh, dealing with with any surveillance within within the region. You know, and uh, so it, it can go it can go a long way. And in, in, in terms of uh, Turks and Caicos benefiting from that. Well, this is one of those shows when we didn't break for music or anything. <laughs> we didn't get any calls. But um, as we get down to end the show and make our final commands, I'm going to ask my technical reader to pull up this lovely uh, reggae song by one of our reggae legends, Toots and the Matals, Beautiful Woman. 
and I'm dedicating mm -hmm. it to all the beautiful Turks and Caicos Island ladies. And trust me, we have some very, very beautiful Turks and Caicos ladies. Some young, some old. Uh, <laughs> In between? Oh, yes. <laughs> and I want to say good night to baby Taylor. How are you, my dear? Uh, she's, she's listening in. I know she listens <laughs> regularly uh, to Nurse Jolly. Um, good night to you. Um, to Mrs. Francis, uh, good night to you. All the best. Here we go. Beautiful woman. Toots on the Maples.
Yes, good evening to the ladies at the Sun Bar, those Donna Tigers, um, many, many beautiful women all over the place. I did dedicate it to Turks and Caicos Islands, but trust me, there are some beautiful Haitian ladies around, uh, some lovely Dominicans, uh, lovely Jamaicans, and uh, many nice Americans and other nationalities. Uh, good night to all of you. We're right down to the end of the show, and um, I want to thank all of you uh, for listening in. Unfortunately, we didn't get the kind of participation we ought to, uh, we wish we had. Honorable Taylor, you can make your comments. And then I'm going to ask my technical operator as we close and leave. Uh, sometimes these beautiful women uh, do end up with some not so handsome men. And so I'm going to play that other song by Toots and uh, the Beatles. You're hugging up the big monkey man. <laughs> Adding a little bit of humor on this Monday night. Uh, Honorable Taylor, your closing comments. Thank you much, Honorable Hall. It's it a pleasure to be here, as always. And um, at the beginning of, of 2024, I, I've thrown out that challenge. And I, I'm, I'm hoping that individuals and uh, companies, business, will take it up in terms of our heritage and the family that can go as far back in terms of the family tree, a mind that must have uh, documentation, that birth certificate, baptismal certificates, uh, even death certificate, you know, and so that family can be uh, named in October as the family of the year, heritage family of the year. And also um, the challenge in terms of our national bank and, and in terms of our national archives, um, any country, I mean, a vision, with a vision for self-determination, must know that one of the prime uh, steps that must be taken is uh, basically having its own uh, bank. And I, I'm, I'm hoping that our funds would be set aside for our, our national bank, you know. And it's always a pleasure, anytime, anywhere, Anytime call upon, I'm still like you only one phone call away. <laughs> and, uh, I was also hoping that I could play that country and western. You would know that in Cayman, they love country and western music. Yes, yes. Uh, the older I get. But, uh, you know, oh, yes, uh, uh, next uh, I, I know the song, and I, I will get it for the next time. Right. Right. You're right. I know it here. Yes, and, uh, yes. you know, the few so, friends I have and so correct. on. So, on. Yep. so uh, to... Um, people throughout the land and breath of the Turks and Caicos Islands and those in the diaspora. I wish you all the best for 2024. God blessings always. And I always say, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May he lift up the lights of his countenance upon you and always give you his peace. What more can we ask for than that peace of God that passes all understanding and keep our hearts, our minds, our souls, our whole being in this keeping the blessings of God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit, be with us now forevermore. Amen, amen, oh, amen. Thank you very much, Honorable Taylor. And though we are out of time, I'm going to read this uh, last comment here from Mr. Leonard Franklin, a regular listener and contributor. And he says, Honorable Derek is right about the marginalization of JPs and uh, the tried and tested police advisor position. Special constable position is a good bridge to the community also. Uh, thanks very much. And I want to thank everybody, and I actually have a very a good night. And I'm asking um, a technical reader to please pull up that other one <laughs> to balance it off. You're hugging up the big black monkey man. <laughs> have a good night.
Night-night.